This is your FBI. This is your FBI, the official broadcast from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Tonight, the subject of our FBI file, extortion. Its title, The Protection Peddlers. Day in and day out, year after year, FBI agents come in contact with the worst side of American life. There is always danger that these constant associations with shady and vicious characters might make a law enforcement official lose confidence in human nature in general, might make him cynical, discouraged. Then along comes someone who renews his faith in the essential decency of mankind. He may be a humble, respectable citizen who refuses to be intimidated by racketeers. Or he may be what is known as an honest cop. And they are the vast, vast majority of all policemen who put public service above self-interest. These people cooperate, testify on behalf of law and order. A tough case is cracked wide open. Another FBI file is closed. It is to these often unrewarded, unsung heroes that your FBI wishes to pay tribute tonight. Our FBI file opens in a western city. Two men are playing golf. One of them, middle-aged, with an unlit cigar clenched between his teeth, approaches his ball. Look at this lie. Well, what's wrong with it? Those trees are in my line. Frank, the trees are 300 yards. Why'd that caddy give me a three-wood? I need an iron. You asked him for a three-wood. Well, he shouldn't have given it to me. Yeah, stand back. Right. <laughs> you missed. That was a practice swing. Oh. Oh. Yeah, hook right into the roof. Yeah, see the breaks I get? I hit the ball good and the wind catches it. I got a good mind to quit this game. I am. Huh? I'm going back east in a couple of weeks. Well, this is a nice way to break the news to me. Look, Frank, you asked me to hang around till you saw how things worked out. Well, I can see for myself. You're never going back to making book, right? Right. Then what's the percentage in staying here? I might have something for you. Uh, new touch? I think so. Big John called me last night. Oh, he in town? Well, he's coming. He sure must have blown a bundle when they knocked out the wire service. He did. Is uh, he the one that you're making a deal with? If I like it. Yeah. When's he coming? A couple of days. If I put in with him, you go back on the payroll as my enforcer. Look at that rough. Think I'll drop a ball and play it from here. Oh, hello, Mr. Wilcox. Afternoon, Marty. Frank around? Uh-huh. In the other office. He's waiting for you. Tell me, how are things back east, huh? 
fine, thanks. Oh, go ahead. Hello, Frank. Hi, John. What are you doing? Little indoor putting practice. That uh, glass is the cut. <laughs> I hope you got better control of the city council. <laughs> They're in my pocket, and the police commissioner's one of our political appointees. And I think we can do business. What's the deal? You uh, got a lot of big factories around here. Some of them have 90 or 100 armed guards. Sounds right. My idea is for us to supply the armed guards for the biggest factory in town. Well, that would be Yale Aircraft. What's the angle? The guards are paid $50 a man now. We take over and pay them the same thing, but we charge Yale Aircraft 100 a man. They got 100 guards, we make a nice profit. That'd be 100 times 55 G's a week. With no investment. Now, but Mr. Wilcox, them factories are legitimate outfits. I know that. Well, then why should they pay a yard for a guy when they can hire him direct for 50? He's got a point, John. No, he hasn't. You think bookmakers bought my wire service because they like me? You mean we just walk into Yale Aircraft and show them our muscle? No, no, no. We make them come to us. How? You want in? Sure. Hey, I sunk one. The following week at the police pistol range, FBI Special Agent Jim Taylor is finishing his monthly firearms test when Detective Dick Perry approaches. Target hasn't got a chance around here. Oh, hi, Dick. <laughs> Hello, Jim. Care to try your hand? No? No, I came by to see you. Oh? Well, come on, let's walk back to the locker. Okay. You remember Leo Green? Uh, Leo Green. It doesn't matter. Used to be on the force. No, I don't think I ever ran into him. Well, he's one of the detectives who was purged by the commissioner last year. Oh? Must have been a good man. He was and is. I bumped into Leo last night. He's working as an armed guard out at Yale Aircraft. Go ahead, Dick. Oh. Thanks. Leo told me something that might be a case for you. Oh, what kind? Uh, Yale Aircraft's a defense plant, you know. Yeah, I know. Well, it seems they've been having an unusual run of accidents on the bridge leading to the factory. What kind of accidents? Trucks ramming each other, government property damage, cars running out of gas, tax sprinkled across the bridge. And they've had everything. And the traffic tie-ups always occur just as a new ship's reporting. Is that bridge the only way to the factory? Uh-huh. So when it's jammed, nobody shows up for work the first hour or so. You had any men from traffic stationed out there? Yeah, past three days, but they can't stop it. Well, if it's a concerted effort to slow up defense work, we'd like to know about it. If defense materials are deliberately destroyed, we're interested. You're going to look into it? Yeah, yeah. Report it to my agent in charge, Dick. I'll let you know who he assigns. Oh, have a chair, Mr. Taylor. Thank you, Mr. Allen. My secretary says you're from the FBI. That's right, sir. Here are my credentials. Are you sure I'm the one you want to see? Yes, sir. I'd like some information. As the head of the personnel department or as Ralph Allen? No, this is business, not personal. Oh, I hear your men have had trouble getting to work on time and materials are being deliberately damaged. Nothing serious. 
Well, I was told the employees were missing as much as an hour a day. Oh, they did for a few mornings, but that's all been settled. Settled how? I mean, there were no tie-ups on the bridge this morning. Hmm. You think there'll be any tomorrow? No. You sound fairly sure. Well, it's not likely we'll have another bad streak of accidents. But, sir, I'm trying to find out if they were accidents. If there was a deliberate slow-up in production, it's something we'd like to know about. And if defense materials were deliberately destroyed, it's a federal violation. Well, there was nothing serious. Well, then let me ask you this. If those tie-ups and wrecks on the bridge were deliberate, would you have any idea who might have caused them? No. Had there ever been anything like that on the bridge before? Occasionally. But never one day after another at just about the time a new shift of men was reporting for work. Uh, not that I remember. Oh, I see. If I hear anything around the plant, I'll be very glad to call you. All right. Thanks, Mr. Allen. I'll leave my number with your girl. Hi, John. Mm -hmm. Oh, hello, Frank. Don't mind my using your desk for a minute. I got a few things to sign. Now, go ahead. You come up about anything special? Hmm? Yeah. There we are. Oh, what did you say? I said, did you come up about anything special? Our first contract. Listen to this. Yale Aircraft Corporation hereby agrees to pay the Gladstone Company the sum of $10,000 each week. And Who is this Gladstone Company? Us. Huh? By the time we get our first check, we'll have a bank account in that name. Oh. Our weekly take on this contract is 5000 The deal goes for two years. The only guys we cut in are the police commissioner and that personnel manager at the plant. Hi. Hello, Marty. I uh, just went out to the plant. All the new guards report? Yeah, and one of the old ones. A guy named Leo Green. I think he wants to make trouble. You talked to him? No, no, he was gone when I got there. What kind of trouble do you think he's interested in? Well, I don't know, but he was around the joint all morning. Doing what? Asking the new guards a lot of questions. Who they were, where they're from, how they got the jobs, how much they were getting. Why? What's it to him? Frank, don't you get it? He got fired and he don't like it. How we handle him, John? Well, you can handle any beef he makes to the cops, can't you? Well, sure. But... And we got no worries. He can only beef to the cops or the personnel guy at the plant. So, either way, he winds up talking to himself. You sure the personnel guy will stay put? Frank. Besides paying him off, I told him if anything went wrong, we'd start charging him double. In most cases, no criminal prosecution is possible without a complaining witness, without evidence. That was true in this investigation. The name of Yale Aircraft's personnel director was checked through the files in Washington. He had no criminal record. There appeared no evidence he'd willingly cooperate with lawbreakers against his employer. No evidence until a few days later when Agent Taylor visited police headquarters. Dick, I just called in and got your message. Oh, you get anything on that Yale aircraft case? No, why? Well, I saw Leo Green this morning. Leo was fired. So was every guard out there. 
ground. Wait a minute. You don't leave an aircraft factory unguarded. Oh, they've got a new set to replace the old ones. And Leo interviewed some of them. Oh. Seems every one of the new guards, at least the ones who'd talked to Leo, come from Crescent City. They appear to be hoodlums. What? Yeah. I requested fingerprints of a new set of guards, but the personnel manager turned me down. So I talked to a friend of mine in the auditing department. And? The new guards are being supplied by an agency. And with the same number of men, the cost to the factory is twice as much. <laughs> Who's the agency? My friend didn't know. Can't find out. The records on that account are being kept personally by the head of the department. Sounds like the old-time protection racket. You know, with Yale Aircraft making planes for the armed forces under a cost-plus contract, this may constitute fraud against the government. Hi, John. Where's Marty? Out. He'll be back soon. Where'd he go? To see Leo Green. The guy who's been asking those questions? Mm-hmm. I told Marty to give him his job back. Why? For $50 a week, it's better having him on our side. Where you been? A uh, check from Yale Aircraft came in this morning, so I went down and opened an account. You what? I opened a bank account, the name of the Gladstone Company. You know, like we talked about. Who's going to sign the checks? Me. You see, I figured you wouldn't always be around to handle the thing. You know me good enough to know in my deals I handle a bankroll. Well, don't you trust me? Let's not get into who trusts who. You know in my deals. I'm... Can I come in? Oh, sure, Marty. You see uh, Leo Green? Uh-huh. I took care of everything. When's he going back to work? Well, he ain't. He turned down the job. I thought you said you took care of everything. Yeah, I did. When he turned me down, I slowed him. Back to the FBI file, The Protection Peddlers. There is no denying that in some communities, the local police, the school system, the entire municipal government is under the thumb of a corrupt political machine. However, there are too many people who like to blame everything on corrupt politics and dismiss the situation with that remark. That is the lazy person's way of saying he has not done his civic duty. If your community has corrupt politics, there is something wrong in the makeup of the people who allowed those dishonest men to be voted into power. You, as a good citizen, failed in your duty to go out and work as hard for decent candidates as your enemies worked for theirs. Remember that in a democracy, people get the kind of government they work for. Tonight's FBI file continues later that day at the FBI field office as Detective Dick Perry approaches. Jim, we've got a new element on the Yale aircraft case. Leo Green was picked up badly beaten out on Route 9. Well, when did this happen? A little while ago. He's at Memorial Hospital being patched up. Have you seen him yet? Uh, doctors won't even let his wife in. Any evidence that the beating was tied into the guard situation out at the plant? Yes. I interviewed Mrs. Green. 
She says Leo got a phone call from some man who said he could straighten out the situation at the plant and wanted to meet Leo. Mrs. Green know where? You know, near the factory someplace. She doesn't know who called. No. Oh. Well, we still got very little to work on. Uh, how about going back to Yale Aircraft? I did. Mr. Allen still won't cooperate. Hmm. I wish we could figure his angle. No, I think I've got the answer to that, Dick. He's frightened. But if he won't talk, we've got no case. Yeah, maybe we can work another angle. This talks good news. Yeah. Taylor speaking. This is Captain Franklin. Is Detective Perry there? Yes, just a minute, please. It's for you, Dick. It's oh. Captain Franklin. Thanks, Jim. Yes, Captain. Perry, you're off the Yale aircraft case. Huh? Well, who's replacing me? Nobody. The commissioner called and just said to forget it. But, Captain, I, I... Perry, the commissioner didn't make a request. He gave me an order. I'm just passing it on to you. Hey, what's with the nine-iron? My short chip shot's been giving me trouble. Oh. He... Trying to put them in that circle? Uh-huh. It's pretty clean. I just started. Oh. Uh, look, I ran into Wilcox out at the plant. He said to tell you he's moving into another factory tomorrow. Where? The Madison Machinery Company. Big outfit. Yeah. yeah. He figured a gimmick. Look, Madison Machinery's close to Yale Aircraft, so he's going to use the same set of guards for both places. Oh, yeah, it's tough to get a backspin off a rug. That'll make all the dough from the second place straight profit. Uh-huh. That's a pretty good touch, huh? It'll get better. Why? You raising the prices? No. Cutting down the number of pieces. Well, how can you? You got to pay the commissioner, you got to pay the personnel guy. John you pay... takes half the action right off the top. Well, it's his idea. It's still too much. From now on, he takes a cut. To what? Ten percent. You think he'll go for it? He's got to. I'm supplying the protection. That's the big thing in the deal. Without the commissioner squaring things, the idea's worth nothing. The protection racket is closely akin to extortion. Like extortion, it is almost impossible to aid the victim unless he is willing to cooperate. In this case, Agent Taylor slowly and carefully secured the fingerprints of every new armed guard at the aircraft plant and sent them to FBI headquarters. The teletype report from Washington showed each man had a previous criminal record. Showed each man had been arrested in Crescent City while working for John Wilcox and his wire service syndicate. Showed circumstantially that Yale Aircraft was being victimized. Again, the personnel director at the aircraft factory was interviewed. Again, he refused to talk. Jim. Can you use a black sheep? Meaning you, Dick? Yep. Seems I did a very bad thing. I went to the hospital to visit Leo Green. Yeah. Commissioner heard about it and suspended me for disobeying orders. Oh. When he said to drop it, he apparently meant I was to forget about being a friend of Leo's. That's too bad, Dick. Yeah. Still working on a case? Yeah. Yeah, but not making much progress. I don't suppose it's being disloyal to the commissioner if I tell you something I got in my own time, is it? About Yale Aircraft? No. Now, a friend of mine from the traffic detail told me about an interesting coincidence. Mm -hmm. You know the causeway up near the stadium? Sure. Well, that causeway is the only entrance to the Madison machinery plant. Yeah. Well, this past week, they've had nothing but accidents on it. 
trucks ramming each other, tacks thrown across the roadway, cars running out of gas. Sounds familiar. Yeah, but wait till you hear the rest. The accident stopped yesterday morning. Today, a new set of armed guards went to work. Madison Machinery's a defense plant, too. Yeah. Look, I'm an out-of-work investigator, Jim, but if I can give you oh, a hand... thanks, Dick, but not right now. The head of personnel at Madison Machinery is a man named Harry Lee. Fine. I'll call you after I've seen him. Madison machinery. Oh, how'd you do? Could have saved the time and effort. Oh, was the story about the new armed guards on the up and up? Yes, but that's about all I got. The rest of the interview was a repeat on the ones out at Yale Aircraft. Jim, Yale Aircraft and Madison machinery are legitimate outfits. Why should they get themselves caught in the switches like this? You're under suspension, aren't you? Oh, yes, but... Well, somebody's got good connections. Yeah, but those hoodlums at the factory were all John Wilcox's men, and he never had any local fix. Well, maybe he met the commissioner. Yeah, could be. Jim, I, I called the hospital a little while ago. Leo Green's still on the critical list. Yeah, I know, Dick. I called over there, too. Looks like he's the only chance we've got left. Hey, wait a minute. Dick, we, we've been overlooking an angle. The bank. What bank? The ones where Yale Aircraft and Madison Machinery keep their accounts. I'll check and let you know how I make out. Hi. Come in, John. Came over to say goodbye. Where you going? Home. Everything's running smooth now. No reason for me to stick around. You know what to do, Frank. Pick up the check at Yale Aircraft on Mondays. The check at Madison Machinery on Thursdays. Uh-huh. Pay the commissioner, personnel men, take your cut, then withdraw the rest in cash each week, and I'll let you know where to send it to me. Marty? Yeah. You go by the plants each day, see no more trouble breaks out. Okay. John, there's one thing we'd better straighten out before you go. What? You're 50%. What about it? It's too much. That was the deal we made. But after I pay everybody and give you yours, it don't leave enough for me. Well, whatever it is, it's all profit. You're not investing anything except the time it takes to deposit those checks. John, without the commissioner, the deal wouldn't work. Well, that's why I came to you. And it's why I'm cutting your end. Now, Frank... Don't forget, a... the bank account is in my name. I'm the only one who can sign checks. That's almost right. What does that mean? You forget that the signature cards we signed said that in the event of your death, I sign the checks. No, you don't, buddy. Sit down. So that's your big enforcer, Frank. What can I do? You got a gun. That's right, and I'm using it. I... Hold it, Wilcox. Huh? Well, I'll take that gun. Let go. Hey, who, drop are it. who are you? Special agent of the FBI. I've got arrest warrants for all three of you. Frank Baker, Marty Mitchell... John Wilcox and the two personnel managers, Ralph Allen and Harry Lee, were convicted in federal court for conspiracy to defraud the government. When Special Agent Taylor examined the bank records of the two factories, 
He found that both were paying a firm named the Gladstone Company for armed guard service. He also learned where the Gladstone Company bank account was maintained. An investigation of that account showed canceled checks for payments made to the personnel managers of the factories and also to the police commissioner. Upon seeing that evidence, each man signed a statement implicating Wilcox, Baker, and Marty Mitchell. Confessions from those men led to the arrest and conviction of the corrupt, politically appointed police commissioner and a general house cleaning by the citizens of that community. However, throughout America, there are similar jobs remaining to be done. To be done not only by your FBI or any other law enforcement agency, but by you, the people. Incidents used in tonight's broadcast are adapted from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. However, all names used are fictitious, and any similarity thereof to the names of places or persons, living or dead, is accidental. This is your FBI is a Jerry Devine production.